It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with certified financial planners Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. With me in the KFG studios, my business partners and fellow CFPs, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Well, on today's episode, we're discussing the number one financial regret that families had as the coronavirus recession started. We'll tell you not only what that regret was, but also how do you avoid experiencing it in your own life? That's exactly right. I mean, that, that's the most important part. We don't want to talk about the negative. We want to talk about the positive. Whatever you're facing financially, you can do it. You absolutely can. It's going to take some hard work, some good guidance, but you, you can get there. You can do it. If we can help in any way, you can find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. You can reach out to us there. You can submit questions right there as well. On, on Facebook, YouTube, wherever you're at in social media, just search The Wise Money Show and you can follow us there. And then you can call or text questions in if you have them, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. So as always, you know, a, a recession or a financial disaster um, comes on as a surprise. I mean, it, it's just sudden. And the suddenness of this, I remember, I remember being in a pizza shop in January and joking, I had a friend joking with me about, hey, have you been to Wuhan? And, you know, whatever. Like, it was the, the coronavirus was a very lighthearted sort of thing. And it was, oh, I'm glad we're safe here in the US. And sure enough, just three weeks later, it was just a, a week later after that, that the US would have its first fatality from the coronavirus. And we didn't even know it for, for, for a long time. And so the suddenness that this came on because of pandemic, I mean, it just, boom, it just hit us very quickly. But listen, all financial disasters come on like that. All, right. all recessions, I remember even in, in 08, Hank Paulson said in July, yeah, I think the worst of this subprime mortgage lending is behind us. Pretty sure it's behind us. Three months later, wham, mm -hmm. right? So <laughs> recessions, financial emergencies come on um, very quickly. There's a report, there was a survey done about as the coronavirus recession hit, what's the greatest financial regret that people had that they wish they had prepared for and they weren't prepared? So guys, what, what was it? Well, the you know, after the drum roll here, it, it's not having an emergency fund, right? Um, not having an emergency fund um, p leaves people in a vulnerable state for those sudden events that are inevitably going to occur in life. You said recessions occur just boom, like, like uh, suddenly. But what about other types of emergencies? You know, people uh, are disabled suddenly mm. in life. Um, they lose their jobs suddenly in life. Uh, water heaters stop working suddenly in life, and so do cars. And um, so, so you're going to have these um, unexpected events. You don't know the timing of them. You might not know the magnitude of them, but you have to expect that they are going to occur. And anytime we're talking to anyone about the unexpected in life, how do you prepare for it? It's always the emergency fund that we start turning to. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, because I think we did are we're hardwired to think we're invincible, and yet it's inevitable that there will be there will be hiccups and speed bumps and potholes along the way. It, it's inevitable. And so, um, but we've talked about it before, the financial, that the, in general, the financial challenges many households face. And I think we did a show, it's been a couple of years now, that the average, the average uh, household has less than $1,000 in savings. The average household, I'm just kind of going through the headlines of shows that we've done, the average household um, couldn't survive missing one paycheck. The average household couldn't handle a um, a common financial emergency. And those aren't my words. I think those were some of the surveys. And so, yeah, it should. Re- I mean, it, it is this simple: blocking and tackling. It does win games. Uh, this it, it it really does come down to what's your first line of defense when a financial emergency comes up. And if you if you don't have one, you got to address that. It's interesting because I know we're going to be talking about other financial regrets. But if you said, what is the regret looking back that I had? And it was that I wasn't prepared financially. But there's a reason why beyond just a potential pandemic, because if you'd been planning, you would have had almost, well, 102 years to plan from pandemic to pandemic. So you say, well, most people got tired of setting aside money in case of the pandemic maybe <laughs> 50 years ago. But, I mean, you, you, there, you know, there's job loss, there's medical or dental emergencies, there's, as we said, home repairs, car troubles, unplanned travel expense. There's all kinds of different reasons why you might need to do something. And what I found in, in my experience in serving clients is that if people have money set aside – the emergency becomes less of an emergency, and they actually behave differently when I've got a little money set aside. That emergency, I, I behave differently than if I had no money set aside. Right. Because when I have no money set aside, I have nothing to lose. So, so um, paying ridiculous amounts of interest on a credit card or fill in the blank, um, that seems to make sense when I've got no money. Yeah. You know, we, we often... Uh, talk about emergency funds, um, the, the way we frame it or, or the way we think of the size and scale of a proper emergency fund, we always talk in terms of time. We say three to six months worth of living expenses. So how long could you live if your income stopped tomorrow? How, how, how long could you cover your basic needs, your most important expenses, if your income stopped? And you know, mo- most people go through life not really ever imagining a time where their income would stop because, you know, I've got a secure job or I've, I, I've had a great track record. I'm, I'm a worker. I will always find a way to, to earn an income until the whole world um, shuts down, right? And until a, a pandemic occurs. The, um, I, I, I don't even remember who I could attribute this saying to. It may have been a client, may have been one of you guys for all I know. But someone recently said, re- referred to COVID as the great accelerator of trends. Ooh. And I, I, I latched onto that. I said, boy, you're, you're right. I mean, a lot of companies that were on an unhealthy uh, slide, you know, they, they were not in a good spot. This just accelerated it. Or maybe in your own financial life, if, if things were not really heading in the, in the right direction for you financially, 
COVID could be just what, you know, forced that to happen even, even faster. And so an emergency fund is really one of you, it's, it's only one, but it, it's an important one of your defenses against those outside forces, those things that you don't have control over, um, you, you know, forcing your hand or, or causing unintended consequences in your life. And it's just an important base. It's one of the foundational things that you have to have in, in your life. And this article is pointing out that a lot of people are realizing that now. They're regretting not taking that as seriously um, prior to this pandemic. And I, so we're going we're gonna to pivot to, uh, well, what are your steps to get an emergency fund in place? And we'll talk about some other types of financial regrets. But I, I just went back while Josh was talking. I was fully listening, fully engaged, <laughs> as well at multitasking, you know, looking back on... I remember when I was doing a daily update on the YouTube channel, We've, we do daily financial nuggets. And back in December, I said, six steps to prepare for the next recession. It has just over 100 views. Hmm. <laughs> That's too bad. That's too bad. And the very first one was get a budget in place so you can see if there's a shock to your income, you know what your needs are. But the second is build that emergency fund. Mm-hmm. And um, little did, you know, I was looking back at the text of what I was wanting to convey. And it was, you know, if we see an emergency, if you knew any, a recession was going to come in the next 12 months, what would you do right now? And sure enough, three, three months later, they said the recession started in February. So, okay, we've got a lot more to hit here coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. If someone would have told you back in December, let's let's use December, for example, that a recession was coming, what would you have done differently? What steps would you have taken differently if you knew a financial recession was coming? That's what we're talking about right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin and Josh. Thanks for being here. You can catch up on all Wise Money content online, the Wise Money Show. Go to wisemoneyshow.com and then find us all over social media, wherever you're at. Social, uh, let's see, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just search the Wise Money Show and follow us there. So we're talking about, there was a survey done recently about the average household's greatest financial regret during this coronavirus recession. And no surprise, it was the very boring but always needed emergency fund. And I was just referring to back before we knew any of this was happening, the sun was shining, birds were chirping. We talked about actually the snow was falling, but, you know, it was (laughs) calm. Everything was normal. I created a video about things to do if you knew a recession was coming. How do you prepare for the next recession that aired in December? The emergency fund was on there. So listen, you know, we don't want to focus on the negative. We want to focus on the positive. So in just a moment, we're going to talk about the practical steps you can do to, to create an emergency fund. But how do you deal with regrets? How do you deal with financial regrets? What's, what's the right process? What's a healthy process? That is a, that's a great question, Mike. And we as financial planners deal a lot with what I would call internal finance. And people say, well, what is internal finance? And I'll give you a, I'll give you a great example of internal finance. It's kind of how we're wired to approach the world from a, from a financial perspective. And that, that 
dictates our beliefs, dictate our behaviors, and then that tells us whether we should have regrets or not. And I'll give you a great example. I'll give you a, a contrast here. I uh, know a person who is a multi-multi-millionaire. And this person went to a store, and at the store they said, hey, you have to wear a mask. And this person said, okay, well, um, okay, I, I understand. And the the gal there was, was very sweet and kind and said, hey, we have masks here. You can have a mask. And I'll add a dollar. Just, we'll just add a dollar to your bill when you check out. So this person went back to their vehicle and got their mask and went in. When they could have bought millions of masks but instead they did that and i think of like bill gates flying coach right um and i'll contrast that with uh my son joshua is in iraq in the army and they can't drink the water at where they are so they have they they drink bottled water and and it's basically they can access that filtered water bottled water whatever for free but you can also buy it and he marvels at guys that will be, you know, 10 minutes away from the free water and they'll spend eight bucks on bottled water. Huh. And, I, and he's like, Dad, I would never do that. And so, there, so it's interesting and, and sometimes it's interesting to try, to try to evaluate, have some sort of self-awareness. Like what is it that gives me pleasure as it relates to money? Do I feel rich? If I buy bottled water when I know I've got free water right over there, does that make me feel rich or would that make me feel poor? Mm. Does it make me feel rich to say, shoot, uh, add that dollar to my bill. As a matter of fact, I'll take 10 of them. Uh, Or does it make me feel more rich to go out to my car and get the mask that I already had? And so, so we're dealing with this internal finance, which then caused my behavior, my behavior of not having a cash reserve cause the biggest regret and so and so people say well what do I do with these emotions with this energy and we always try to encourage people take that emotion take that energy and use it to power your next wise step now the only way you're going to be the only shot you're going to have at doing this because change is hard behavioral change is nearly impossible so how can I do that I have to be the humble learner I have to consider how do I feel about money. And so that's, that's how I take whatever regrets that I might have. And we're going to talk about some other ones. But this one is I regret that I didn't have enough cash set aside to get me over the hump when this thing came out of the blue and I had no idea it was coming. So, um, Josh, what would you say? I'm just sitting here listening, and this is forcing me to think about things that I haven't really given a whole lot of thought to. But... Um, to, to me, regret comes when you're experiencing certain results or certain outcomes that you do not like, right? I mean, obviously regret is a negative emotion. So there's a negative situation going on in, in your life. But to me, it's, it's only regret if you're stopping long enough to recognize, oh, I could have chosen differently or I could have, I could have prepared differently here. My, my habits could have been different. So not, not that you're blaming yourself, but people who look at their bad results or their bad outcomes or their bad experiences and think that the problem's always out there, mm-hmm. they're, they're not experiencing regret. They're experiencing blame, right? So, so to me, regret 
is actually maybe the precursor to you being able to turn a corner because you're accepting your role. You're accepting the fact that that you you made certain choices or you have certain behaviors that led to these results. And, you know, we just happen to be talking right now about folks that regret not having an emergency fund. If you regret it, then it implies that you're at least recognizing I could have had an emergency fund. And so now taking that that experience and saying, I want to turn the corner. I want to do something different in the future is a very powerful moment. So regret, you know, we're saying it's a negative emotion, and yet maybe it could be the most positive thing happening for you right now because you're more hyper aware that things could be different in the future. And, and that's it. So, so this is an interesting time for introspection because what are you mad at? If you, if you have a regret and you're frustrated, what are you frustrated with? I'm frustrated that there's a virus. I'm frustrated that my kids can't be in a classroom. I'm frustrated with the government's response to the virus. Keep going. Or, you know, I am frustrated that I didn't put my financial house in order. Mm-hmm. That's the actionable one. That's the one that I can do something about. Whether my financial house is, hey, just getting that foundation built with the emergency fund or something else. But it is interesting. And I, I this is where we're saying, hey, self-awareness and approaching the world as the humble learner. If you are the humble learner, you have a shot. But as we say, knowing is the enemy of learning. Like if I know, I know the problem was that this this uh, virus uh, transmitted from one country to another. That's the problem. That's why I'm, I'm struggling financially. No, it's not. It's not why I'm struggling financially. I'm struggling financially because the, my habits that I needed to have in place weren't in place. Easton, you know, so, uh, so, so in the Bernard household, it's pretty fun. We got uh, three kiddos, 10, 8, and 2 on purpose, uh, just in case you were wondering. Oops. And Easton is the baby, and he's got this thing now. He can talk, and he can behave, and terrible twos, you know all that. But, but when we're giving him feedback, hey, buddy, don't stand on the couch. He says, I know, and keep standing on the couch. <laughs> and we're coaching him that, no, 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 you can't say I know and keep doing it. It's got to be I know or uh, okay and follow follow that advice and take take the advice. And so now he says, he says, I, oh, okay, I know. And then he'll sit down. And so, listen, we, you know, we can joke about that, and it's cute. It's cute because he looks like he looks like mama. But it's, it's cute, cute with a two-year-old. But are you are you when 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 life throws you a feedback? Do you say I know, and you just keep on doing it? And uh, and, and so we're preaching, but we're going to get into practice. We're going to tell you how the, the the practical steps you can take to avoid this regret and others that. And more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. How do you overcome financial regrets, either that you have or that you observe in others, and actually, actually proactively get some things in place? so that you're as prepared as possible, regardless of the circumstances that happen outside of your control. That's what we're talking about right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and 
Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, search Wise Money Show, subscribe to it there. You'll get every episode of the Wise Money Show as well as all of the other content that daily we push out that will help you take your next wise step in your financial life. So find us there. Okay, we've been talking about the number one as as in regards to a survey, number one financial regret that people have felt because of this recession. It's, it's not having an emergency fund. I don't think it's a they, they didn't know. I think it's a it's an action issue, which is what we've been talking about. So how can someone take the right action? So last week we talked about the the four most expensive words in the English language as it relates to investing. I'm going to Target. <laughs> I'm going to Costco. <laughs> the four most expensive words are, honey, do you think we could? Okay. Yeah. No. So, no, the, the four most expensive words are, this time it's different. So what's the most powerful word in creating a, an emergency fund? No. <laughs> I hate I hate's a strong word, but I do hate playing games with Joshua Gregory cuz he always he always has the right answer and it takes all the fun out of it. Um but yeah. So I if I were going to if you said okay, I've never done an emergency fund before. And statistically, most folks struggle with creating an emergency fund. What's 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 step number 1? Step number 1 is say it. Say no. No, no. Repeat after me. No, no, no. Hey, Josh, uh, can we go out to dinner tonight? Sure. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, no. Sorry. I'm hungry. Oh, I actually. It, so, so. Um, did you know willpower? We're getting deep today. It will po- willpower is actually. Um, uh, it, it's a diminishing resource. So it, once you say no once, it's harder to say no again and again and again and again. And so I would actually, I would agree with Kevin and I'd give you a little help. I would tell you to make your saving automatic. Every time you need to save money for something, automate it, automate it, automate it, automate it. So that you can say yes to saving once and have it happen automatically. Now, the problem is if you say, fine, I'm going to set up this this geek on wise money said set it up automatically and then you don't have the budget you know you 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 end up still spending the same amount and so you're basically putting your savings on your credit card don't do that so so you've got to build the budget so you know that it exists and and so n- saying no to some things is is critically important but i would say yes to saving and i would set it up automatically well, you can't have savings unless you have said no along the way, or someone has. You can't have savings unless consumption has been restricted somewhere. Could be your parents that restricted it and they left an inheritance to you or they gave you some money. But the point is they could have spent it and they didn't, and that's why it accumulated somewhere. And so to me, budgeting is the process of just controlling where you're going to spend money so that you're creating capacity to be able to to, to save. And to me, if, if I was going to give you a goal um, to, to start with, if you could set out a plan for spending the right amount of money, I, I would challenge you to spend 85% of the money you take home from your paycheck. And what that would do, if, if you could do all your living, 
all your spending on 85% of your take-home pay, you're preserving for yourself 15% for something else. And that something else we refer to as goal achievement. And to me, building an emergency fund is a goal. It's one of the foundational goals that everyone really should aspire to and, and get started on. And so if you're regretting not having an emergency fund, first step is set the goal of having one in the future so that regret isn't part of your future. And you do that by building some margin into your financial life. We use the B word, budget, around here, or a spending plan. Maybe you think of it as a consumption plan. But if you could consume 85%, leave 15% to do something productive, it could be building up a baseline minimal reserve. In my opinion, you should not be running around living life without at least one paycheck on, you know, sitting in reserves. You know, folks who literally are living paycheck to paycheck, they have a more stressful life. Mm -hmm. They make more mistakes. They have to take more drastic action because there's just no wiggle room in in their life. So you've got to create that for yourself. But then one of the other ways that you can create wiggle room is by attacking the debt. I would argue that that's another one of the major regrets is having too much debt. You have... Um, outside bankers or lenders or credit card companies that have way too much say on where your money goes every single month. They have demands on your cash flow because you've obligated yourself to make payments to them. And so if you can eliminate payments, you're building more capacity in, in your financial life. Getting that debt wiped out is one of the goals that you could achieve with your 15% goal achievement money. But then when the consumer debt is gone, you can turn your attention back to building up that emergency fund, but it all begins with, you know, controlling the spending, getting it down to that level where you are saying, I'm delaying this consumption so that I can build up reserves. I, I, I like what you're saying there, especially about the, the second, likely the second biggest re- regret is having too much debt. And I look at this time right now where interest rates have gotten lower and it's easy, it's pretty easy to take on debt right now. And the housing market's still going gangbusters. So you might say it's justified to pay a higher amount to get the house that I want. I'd be careful. I'd be careful. That'd be another thing that you could be doing right now to help prepare for the, the, the next recession or to help you avoid regrets in the future. And that is limit how much debt you allow in your life, regardless of how enticing or cheap it might be. You know, one of my favorite uh, Kevin Corhorn metaphors is um, you've made reference in the past to how we go through life accumulating barnacles on the bottom of the boat, Mm -hmm. right? And you could apply this metaphor a lot of different ways, but in your cash flow, in your financial life, a lot of those barnacles that need to be scraped off every so often so that the boat just glides through the water efficiently your financial life operates better, is some of the the ongoing monthly obligations that you just sign up for. You know, it it, it represents waste in your life. Maybe you got that uh, gym membership but haven't been to the gym in ages. Well, for starters, go back to the gym. Like, get get that habit going. But if it just doesn't fit, if if it's an expense that you've signed up for that is doing nothing for you, scrape the barnacles off the boat. Find that that extra 
cash flow, that margin, and begin applying that towards your emergency fund. Or what if something? What if it's something that you do want to do, but you can't afford it right now? Yeah. No. Yeah. Just just say no. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why we talk about six areas of financial planning and using a coach. Six areas of financial planning doesn't allow you to to know that you need an emergency fund but not have one in place because your overall financial, all six areas of your, of your financial life is healthier with with uh, with an emergency fund. You know where the emergency fund is coming from and you've got a financial coach that is helping you figure out how to get from where you're at to having that in place and, and helping you manage and deal with life's emergencies, financial emergencies as they come up. So as we often say, I mean, this is a financial planning problem. Work with your certified financial planner who's doing comprehensive financial planning. All right, we've got a little bit more as well as questions from fans of the show. That and more coming up here on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Thanks for being here. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast wherever you listen. You're going to find it right there. Just search the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. You'll find it on iTunes, Google, Spotify, all that sort of stuff. There's also a player right there on the website, Media Player. So you can go to wisemoneyshow.com and listen to every episode as well. Talking about how the survey came out, a survey came out, and after this recession started, and hey, average American, average household, what's your greatest financial regret? And it's that they didn't have an emergency fund in place. They didn't have some sort of reserves to tap into when the paycheck went down or when they shifted to unemployment, but you couldn't actually receive unemployment checks yet because the system was all clogged of all these people, blah, blah, blah. And uh, so getting the emergency fund in place, we talked about some, some ways of doing that. What are some other financial regress, regrets that you've heard from others um, as you, we've dealt with this recession? Well, my, my, my all-time favorite regret, and I've heard it most often, before I say it, I, want, I would just want to tell you that if you've lived, if, you're, if you've made it to 10 years old, <laughs> you've got a financial regret. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've made it to 50, you've got a, probably a handful at least. And the older you get, most people have some like three big financial mistakes that they've made in their lifetime. And part of life is, is lear- living and learning. And um, some of these things you didn't have any control over, and, but you still have regrets. But again, I would go back and listen to the early part of the show where Josh kind of broke down, how do I get a regret? I get a regret by by kind of owning what happened and figuring out what I could have possibly done differently to change that. Um, and a lot of times um, we, we're, we don't want to do that, but I would encourage you to look at any of the financial mistakes that, that have happened in your financial life and say, hey, that was entirely my fault. Now, why was it my fault? Mm. Hmm. Start, start there. 
because if you if you try to give your, get yourself off the hook, you you might miss some of the learnings that come from them. And if you miss the learnings, it's possible you repeat it. So the number one all time forever, um, the over the last twenty six years, almost to a client, they've said, as we are working through the financial planning process, I wish I'd started this earlier, mm-hmm. or as Mike would say. Earlier, I wish I, I started. <laughs> Earlier started. I wish I would have. <laughs> Yoda. That's, that's very funny. Right. Yep. I mean, we've done we've done full shows about that before. It's the most common phrase that we hear in our office, and that is, "Hey, this this whole process you guys are talking about, the comprehensive financial planning. Gosh, I wish I'd have gotten started with this. I wish I'd have started this sooner." And uh, and and there's. If if you're hearing that right now, usually I tie that to, um, you know, if you're needing shade, when's the best time to plant an oak? Uh, you know, plant an acorn. Yeah, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. What's the second best time? Well, right now. But you know, this is a show about regret that's being spurred on or or revealed maybe because of the whole COVID recession, right? And Kevin, the 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 kind of perennial regret that we hear often from from folks is, yeah, I wish I had gotten started earlier. But many people are feeling that, especially right now, as it relates to getting ready for retirement. And we've said many times on this show that the research, the statistics all point towards many people retiring a few years earlier than they ever intended. They set the goal of retirement at 65, but they're out at 62. And it's often because circumstances changed. They didn't expect it. Uh, Could be a health concern. Could be a change in their industry. Maybe their employer lets them go for some reason, and they just decide, well, I just need to retire then. We're seeing that right now. You know, there's a lot of folks that maybe for health concerns or just precaution, or they're, they're just kind of saying, you know what, this environment has changed completely. My industry has changed, whatever. Um, I need to be done right now. And some people can, and many people can't. And it's because they did not maybe get started planning for their own retirement or saving for their own retirement early enough so that when, when they get to a fork in the road or they get to some, some crisis moment, do they have maximum options available or are they just going to have to tough it out and keep on working longer than they ever, ever thought they would. Yeah. Do you get started with financial planning out of curiosity or out of crisis? And I would say, come see us. If you're curious, ask yourself this question. Am I ahead? Am I behind? Am I right on track? Mm -hmm. And if you can't answer that with great certainty and know what levers you need to move to get you to where you need to be, then you need to work with a certified financial planner who help, can help you in the six areas of CFP, not someone who just sells investments or just sells insurance, but someone who can take a holistic approach to your in, in, entire financial life. And, and because right now in the hospital, if you go in the hospital and you're symptomatic, they're going to say, hey, it's, it's uh, COVID. But I was talking to a friend who was saying, no, no, no. If f- Keep going. F- look beyond that and see if there's something else. Because there are other illnesses other than COVID that present similarly to COVID. 
And so that's where if you're working with a financial advisor who's certified, they're going to look beyond the obvious. Hey, this looks like an investment problem. This might be a tax problem. This might be an insurance. No, it's a financial planning problem. Yeah. I, I see a lot of regret to pivot a little bit. And this is you know very much financial, but it's it's deeper than that. A lot of finan- a lot of regrets that come out during recessions. This one this one could be a little bit different. And, and that is, I, I wish my job was more secure. And I'm going to go back to regret versus blame. And, and there's usually, there's, you know, there's a, it's very easy to say, well, um, circumstances were what they were, and that's why I'm, you know, my, my job wasn't as secure. You know, my, job, my, my boss is a jerk, <laughs> that sort of thing, or whatever, right? But, but have you done everything in your control to be as, um, as indispensable as possible to your employer? And um, this is often, even when times are good, this is often the way to continue to get a raise. You know, is a raise on you or not? Well, you certainly could warrant, could deserve a raise and not get one, right? It's out of your control sometimes. Your boss really might be a jerk. <laughs> they, <laughs> they might be. Um, but, uh, but at the same time, you know, one of the principles that I learned early on from Napoleon Hill, who wrote this a uh, hundred years ago, always do more work than what you're getting paid for. Because that will always mean you are desirable, you are needed by your employer, and you're always deserving of a raise. Um, and so, you know, this time might be this recession might be a little bit different because companies have just gone bankrupt just because of you know demand has shut down immediately and so on. But there's got to be some examples in between where a company started to see um, um, cuts and needed to look and say. We've got to we've got to make some adjustments here. We've got to make some 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 adjustments, and um, these folks need to be off the payroll in order for the company to survive. And I would just want you to do everything possible to make sure that you're on the right side of that. Mm-hmm. Don't don't be a statistic that uh, is looking back and regretting not building up the skill set that will be valuable into the future. Too. And, and so this is not a, that's not a universal, that's not a universal thing. So if you're listening to this and saying, oh my goodness, no, I've got all the, you know, in, in humility, I've got all the evidence that I, I, I was, you know, very much deserving of being, uh, of, of staying on the job and I've been let go. This is not a universal thing. I just, I would, I would, I'd encourage that. I see that a lot with recessions where companies need to cut their workforce by 20%. Well, make sure you're in the 80%. You know what? Don't even strive for that. Make sure you're 1%. Yeah. Totally indispensable. The company couldn't, couldn't survive without you. I like that. If we're adding to this list of regrets that maybe are being revealed because of the coronavirus, um, one, we mentioned one in an earlier segment, and that was having too much debt and kind of a... Uh, a sister regret to that one. I, I was picturing consumer debt. You know, maybe having too large of a car loan, too much credit card debt. Oh, I wish I wish my student loans were gone by now. But but along with that, you could say having too much house is sometimes a regret, and it's usually a regret during a crisis environment, right? Like this one, where maybe that house, which has perhaps a mortgage that's attached to it that's just a little too much payment for your amount of, of income, or it's a lot too much payment when you consider all of the, the maintenance costs that go with that house. If, if your decision to buy a certain house is bringing with it 
a whole bunch of other obligations or other expenses, other risks, if you will, it's possible that it, it puts you in a vulnerable place if there's any kind of interruption to your, to your cash flow. The, the paradox of this right now, and we're going to get into this more. We actually have a show coming up with our friend Diane Bennett, who's going to talk to us about the real estate market. We've got, this is bizarre. This is bizarre. Houses, I think it's more likely that you're going to get over your head in a house right now um, than, than not. I mean, right now, how we are in a recession and home prices are surging. The housing market is extremely strong. And yet on the far end of it, what was it? Nine million people didn't make their mortgage or rent payment last month. Wow. 23 million have said in a survey that I don't know how I'm going to make this month's mortgage payment. And yet the housing market's extremely strong. So the temptation, the risk is still very much there that you could overextend yourself with a house. Yeah, that's exactly right. And if something really dramatic changes in your cash flow and you have to get down to just basic expenses, basic survival type expenses, I'm saying basic housing, basic food, basic clothing, basic transportation and basic healthcare, not any of the extra frills. It is it, it the, the house that you buy is a structural thing that is hard to back your way out of. It's expensive to get out of a house if you turn out if it turns out that this is a regretful mistake that you made, you bought too much house, it's expensive to undo it. And so I, I encourage you that in this environment of really low interest rates where maybe it's tempting to say, oh, now's the time that we could reach just a little further and upgrade the house. We could get out of this neighborhood and into that one. Um, because interest rates are making the payment just a little bit more affordable. Be careful. Mm -hmm. Be careful. Consider that decision in the context of a budget where you're, you're recognizing all the expenses that are going to come with it and all the risk. Yeah, I mean, figuring out how much house you can afford doesn't happen at the bank. It happens with your CFP, looking at all six areas of your financial life. I mean, that's it. And so do run those numbers before you emotionally say that these houses are just going uh, gangbusters. I've got to jump on this house to get in that neighborhood. So, all right. That is all the time we have for today. On behalf of Kevin Corhorn, Josh Gregory, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.